welcome to Veterans Talk, The Forgotten Promise. This is R.J. Doe along with Chef J.B. and it's Fred Day. So we have Fred Wagger here from the Nevada Department of Veteran Services. And we've got so much going on this weekend. If you haven't noticed, it's November 9th. That means Veterans Day is in two days. We've got a lot of things going on there. We've got some things going on today that just started off. If you're out and about running around and you have us on the radio, 7.20 a.m. or 101.5 f.m., you can head up to the VA hospital in Las Vegas, and they're having a car show and a barbecue today. So that'll be something exciting. That ends at about 2.30, I believe. Now's the time to go. You can eat and listen to the show while you're up there. We do have some other things going on. I've got like eight pages of free stuff that's going on for Veterans Day, mostly food events. And if you live in Las Vegas, mostly the casinos or most of their buffets are going to be free on Veterans Days. There should be no excuse for a veteran going hungry on Monday. Yes. you agree with that? Oh, yes. If they go hungry, it's their own fault. And before we get to the topic, I need to recognize our veteran-owned, our service-disabled veteran-owned, our veteran-friendly, and our veteran-supportive businesses. That's a mouthful. Yes, it is. But we do have the Rum Runner Bowler, which will be uh, doing another event there in a few more months. Chef JB has opened a restaurant down there. Yes, I have. Congratulations. Thank you. Your big draw will be probably either the rookie or the outfielder. Yeah, those are barbecue packages. We have some nice uh, barbecue flags out front with this big smoker, the veteran smoker. I keep it out front, and we're searing it really well and sealing it, so that's a great thing. And uh, we can give a call to you to make an order for that and then come down and pick it up to go? Yes. Have or a lot you could eat go. it there. Yes, and we also have Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub. What's wow. your hours? Uh, from 11 to 10. That's 11 a.m. to yeah, 10 p.m. Yeah, to 10 p.m. Okay, that sounds like a good place to go. I've yes. had your food, so uh, I'm going to have to try that. Okay, yes, please. You're, You're up and running anytime. and ready to go. Yeah, it's okay. open today uh, as I speak. <laughs> and just a few doors down from us, of course, we have Galleon, Welker, and Beckstrom office with Travis Berrick and Chris Souser, who work on the appeals on veterans' claims. If you have a rating decision letter that you're not happy with, come in, talk to one of our advocates, and if we feel like there's a chance that you got anything to do for an appeal, they'll walk down with you to their office and, and get you set up, and they'll, they'll give you the true skinny on it, whether you got a snowball's chance in hell or whether you got a real strong case to get an increase in that disability rating. We do have a service-disabled veteran-owned business Patriot Air Conditioning just came on board with us, and they also do small appliances as they have a small appliance contract. If you have a small appliance, namely microwave, dishwasher, like that, they can work on that. You can give them a call, and let me give you Jason's number here. If I can find my writing here, I know it's on here, but I can't find it. Okay, I'll have to get back to you on that one there. We also have memorabilia expert. That's one of the yes. two businesses that Chef JB has is brought into us. And the other right. one is Oasis Car Wash. You can go down and see Beth. If you're a veteran, you get two bucks off. Or or Darren. Darren's down there, and and they give you $2 off if you're a veteran. Great hand car wash. Probably the one of, if not the best uh, car wash in town. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. A week after 
Veterans Day, we do have a Safe Talk class. It'll be here at the VTRC 2955 East Sunset Road, Suite 101, from 1230 to 4. To get a reservation for that, you need to call the Nevada Office of Suicide Prevention at 702-486-8225. We only have room for about 15 in our classrooms. Getting a reservation is going to be kind of important. We also have Silver State HVAC. And they, they do it all, refrigeration, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. And the best way to get hold of them is at ssrfg.com. And I do have their phone number handy. It is 702-899-3388. And finally, the last one I'd always like Jim to do is Nevada Boat and RV. Since he's got the RV, I like him to do it. But he says, oh, no, RJ, you can do it. I'm going to do it. They do everything. They did his solar. They did his burglar alarm on his motorhome. They take a lot of care in doing it. That's also a veteran-owned business, as is Silver State uh, HVAC. You can get a hold of Scotty at Nevada Boat and RV by calling 702-427-9923. While I'm here, I'm going to hold this up for the Marines. Happy birthday, Marines. I don't Yes, happy birthday. They are... God, they're old now. I don't know why they don't start lying about their age. 244 years, that's kind of old. That's and, old. you know, as we get older, we tend to either start going in reverse or we stop at one point. I don't know if they've reached that point yet or not. Happy birthday, Marine Corps. And they have a ball tonight, yep. I understand. I'll be, uh, I'll be at the Marine Corps ball. I was invited to attend that, and I'm actually going to... Uh, Present something to General Neller. He is the immediate past commandant of the United States Marine Corps. He's here to speak to him tonight. He was actually at the Leatherneck Club last night hanging out. But tonight is a formal ball, and I've never been to a Marine Corps ball, but they're having their birthday ball tonight at the Orleans. Looking forward to it. I hear it's blues. I hear it's really nice, and it's a it's a good photo op if you want to get your picture taken with Marines and say. And and we're going to agree on this. Don't don't let me down, guys. The Marines have the best-looking uniforms. Yeah, I absolutely. Do. I don't know yeah. how we got put down, but the Marines <laughs> do have the best-looking uniforms. <laughs> yes. So maybe a photo op. You can get your picture yeah. taken with a Marine in his dress blues. Well, they got 244 years of 224. practice. Or 224. Yep. 244. Did you, did you read the numbers wrong? I thought I had 224. I, I better get that correct before tonight. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> if you, you make that mistake tonight, you no, may not make be, it out of the Orleans be, alive. Yeah. But well, he'll certainly be told about it. That's yeah, one exactly. Thing. And I'm not wearing my uniform. I am going to uh, wear a suit because I don't. I, I like my army blues, but you're right. They they're, don't. They're no match. They, they don't stand up. Yeah, that's, they don't that's, stand up. That's, in that's the Marine sad Corps. part. Well, you're lucky, Fred. I couldn't fit into my Coast Guard uniform if I tried. Well, I did try to get into my blues several months ago, and I actually lost enough weight to get into it. So that's I'm happy about thing. that. You mentioned the Safe Talk training, and I just wanted to reiterate with the uh, suicide rates as they are. Now they're saying 17 a day, but that is veterans before they included veterans, National Guard, and reservists. Uh, and so uh, they've separated that out now, so it's 17 a day instead of 22 or whatever it was. I, I still but, think that number's low because yeah, there are so many open verdicts out there in some of the major states with large veteran populations don't report. That, so they don't yes. go into the national numbers. Very well, maybe. Absolutely. So, we do have a couple other things that I need to announce before we jump into to Fred's topic today, which I'm going to keep that as a surprise. 
we do have a Veterans Resource Fair next Saturday on November 16th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. We will be live at that event, so we will probably bring our uh, Mevo camera down there and broadcast uh, over Facebook and YouTube just like here. And you can go to, it'll be held at the Heritage Park Senior Facility, 300 South Racetrack Road. If you need more information, 702-267-2950. And it does have cityofhenderson.com for more information. And so we will there. be serving barbecue that day. Wow. Oh, I will good. be there with 22 warriors. and So two different will... kinds of barbecue, right? Um, 22. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish twenty two. No, th- I'm I'm with twenty two warriors. I I uh, teamed up with Mark so that okay. we can serve food that day. Okay, is, is are you cooking and Mark's cooking also? Is it going to be? Two yeah, different? we're in the same booth. So okay, so um, you're going to have two different kinds of barbecue. Yeah, though. he's. Uh, you know what? We haven't figured it out yet. If I'm going to use my barbecue sauce, or if they're going to use theirs, or who's okay. going to. Because there's three of us uh, barbecue pitmasters that are going to be there that day to cook. And I think each one of us is going to take part of the menu so that no one is burdened with it too much. Okay. And and if, if but there will be great food out there, I can tell you that. I'm going to let you come and go for the surprise sauce. Okay. That's go. the sort Surprise sauce. Sauce, next yes. At the uh, resource fair. Also, we talked about SkillQuest a couple shows in the past. And this is going to be a really neat program that we're, we're starting up, VTRC Boot Camp. And we're going to start off with some charter courses. We do have a short course coming up starting December 2nd. It's a one-week boot camp, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it's going to be web development with progressive mobile web apps. So if you need that experience, that that's a good chance to get it. We also have the introduction to Python, which a lot of people are using nowadays. That's one-week boot camp starting December 9th, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., same times. And, of course, the big one, when we kick off the whole skill quest thing, it'll be the Mean Stack Boot Camp is what they're going to call it, starting January 6, 2020. That will be Monday through Friday, 40-hour week, and that's three months of extensive training. The cost for that is about fifteen grand. But the nice thing about it is that the same staffing agency that enters you for the program, they evaluate you and make sure that you have the aptitude to do it. They will follow you through the program, and at the end, they will know what your best skills are, and they'll be able to hook you up with a job because they also do the job placement those jobs range anywhere from forty to seventy thousand dollars a year. There's a lot of opportunity there. If you need financial assistance to do that, they'll look for grants and scholarships, or if need be, they'll go to a student loan to help get you set up for that. Is that going to be a GI Bill too? For I'm OJT? not 100 percent sure on not that yet. yet. I, I've, yet. I've talked to them, and I'm actually working with them to get that resource so they can. Talk to the individual that does that for the state uh, okay. and, and approves. It's the approving authority for the state for the GI wow. Bill, and they haven't, they haven't got it yet, but that's their, that's their goal. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I, can I mention a resource fair that's going on today? We yes. We have a Veterans Everything Resource Fair today. that's actually going, at, going on at the Galleria Mall at Sunset. 
I don't know how many vendors they have, but I know we have a booth there. The Women Veterans of Nevada are there, and I know some others. But in the uh, bottom floor of the Gallery of Mall at Sunset is a Veterans Resource Fair. And please stop by there if uh, you've been drugged to the mall anyway, like I get almost every weekend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> please uh, feel free to stop by the booths, and, and, uh, and you might find out some benefits you didn't know about. Okay. There you go. Okay. Can we get to the show now? Yeah. Okay. And if you need to get us on the radio, kdwn.com, and click on Listen Live, and we'll be there up and running. Awesome. Okay. Let's get to the show now. This is a very difficult topic to talk about today, and it's Veterans Day weekend, and I was, was hoping we would have somebody here that could speak as an authority on it, because the topic is military sexual trauma, and you think that there are a lot of women that suffer military sexual trauma in the military, which is true. But there are also men that suffer that. I just want you to think about that. It's a tough topic for men and women. And going from it from the male side, it's very difficult for us manly men to come up to a commander and say, I've been sexually harassed or sexually uh, abused or whatever. Very difficult. And with your peers, very difficult to come up and say that. And for women, it's probably twice as hard. Or three so, times or four times. Yeah, it's a difficult topic to talk about. But I'm going to turn it over to Fred because, first of all, before we talk about the nuts and bolts, we have to define it. What is it exactly? we got to define trauma. What what exactly is that? And, you know, this is this is a personal trauma. This is something that happens to an individual. And it basically, and I'm going to, I'm going to, Give some credit here because we had some training for our veteran service officers across the state. We actually had 38 veteran service officers come and get trained. And this was one of their training modules. And I thought they did such a great job at it that I, I just I was going to steal it and copy it. And, and so uh, uh, the NVLSP, which is the National Veterans Legal Support Program, is the one that taught this. And I want to give them so it's not like I'm stealing their stuff, but I want to give them credit for it. But for the purposes of VA disability compensation claims based on PTSD, personal trauma refers to a stressor event involving harm perpetrated by a person who is not considered part of an enemy force. So you've got the trauma that's combat, things like that, but then this is the... Internal to the service. That's right. It's internal to the service. So assault, battery, robbery, uh, mugging, uh, even stalking or harassing. Yes. So then we go on to military sexual trauma, which is a subset of the personal trauma. And that refers to uh, sexual harassment, and that's sexual assault or rape that occurs in a military setting. So we're definitely talking about military sexual trauma here. Okay, I'm going to stop you for a second here because I have a question, and that is you take somebody that's been in the military and were raped by somebody outside of the military, would that still be considered military sexual trauma? That would more likely be a civil offense because you're not talking about military to military. I mean, Okay, but yeah. for for the well, definition, I th- yeah, I military think... sexual trauma, because they're, they're still going to suffer the trauma and have the same effects, and it happened while they're in the military. Can they, right. Is that something going to be put in on a claim? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you may have 
PTSD from that. And, and keep in mind, military sexual trauma is an event. It's not a diagnosis. And so what you're going to claim is either the physical or mental disabilities that you have from, uh, the event. from the event. So, yeah, it happened in the military. Definitely you would be able to claim any residuals from yeah, that. Because I'm thinking we have a lot of service men and women all over the world. And if they're in a foreign country and one of their nationals assaults mm-hmm. one of our service members, yeah. uh, definitely they're in the military, but they couldn't do a civil suit because... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So that would definitely have to reflect yeah. to the military. But as your question is, can they claim that? Absolutely. If you have residuals, physical or mental, uh, definitely claim that. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily be determined as military sexual assault or yeah, military sexual trauma, even if it was sexual in nature, because usually we're referring military on military. What yes. that would be is definitely a sexual assault, and it more more than likely end up, uh, uh, if not in court or whatever, especially if it's in another country, definitely a, a condition that you could be claiming if you have the mental right. or physical yeah. disabilities due to that. This absolutely uh, includes uh, psychological trauma, and so the health professional is going to take a look at this person and, and find out exactly what the residuals are that are being claimed. And so this has uh, should result from, uh, one, uh, a physical assault of a sexual nature. Uh, two is a battery of sexual nature. And three, uh, sexual harassment, which occurred when the vet was serving on active duty active duty for training or inactive duty for training. So any any time, basically, if they had the uniform on, uh, okay. that, that that's the case. And, of course, in the past, how it's been dealt with is the people involved are usually taken and separated and given different assignments in two different directions, and that was the answer. Yeah. But yeah. there still was that, that physical or that emotional uh, trauma that was the still there. The yeah. stress. That was not <laughs> dealt with. It was just put off to the next space where they went. And I think it's getting better in the military, but uh, it's got a long way to go. I mean, it's still prevalent. It's definitely being recognized today for what it is. That's right. Yeah, It's not just swept under the rug, like you said, and you go your way, he goes his way, and and everything's okay, and it's kosher now. Not everything is necessarily an assault. It's not physical. But the sexual harassment is a big part, and that's defined as, as repeated unsolicited uh, verbal or physical contact yeah, of a sexual abuse. nature. Yeah, yeah. verbal abuse so, is terrible. Uh, like, like you said, RJ, it's a, it's a tough topic because people really don't want to talk about it or they're afraid or have been threatened with, if you say anything, uh, you know. I'll make sure that you don't get promoted out. or I, I will ruin your career. Or, yeah. yeah. You know, there, there's been statements like that made. Yeah. So MST is is including sexual activity uh, where a service member is involved against his or her or her will. And uh, this includes pressured into sexual activities, uh, maybe promotion, an evaluation, uh, unable to consent to sexual activities. Um, uh, you know, it's we hear, almost like bullying. Yeah, or, yeah. or yeah. you know, even date drugs. You know, we, we hear about yeah. those. those were, you know, we heard a lot about them for quite a while and then that kind of died down but that's included and then physically forced into sexual activities that's definitely uh sexual harassment and just 
repeated sexual harassment. You know, you walk in and maybe it's a female walking into a room and the guys are telling dirty jokes or whatever. You just can't do that anymore. Even in the professional world in the outside, the professional you world, just they, don't they do get it. get you fired. Yeah. The one thing I'm going to bring this up because I had my very first supervisor in the Air Force and Tech Sergeant Gary Reno, I'm going to recognize you today because he told me, he says, you don't ever do anything of that nature, especially in your own office, because it will have feedback coming negative to you as well as to them. You know, whatever threat you could make as a supervisor, they turn around and that can get you in just as much trouble. So never in your own office do you want to sexually harass or do jokes or cartoons in this uh, technology age today we have uh, there's a lot of emphasis on uh, people that are sexting. Uh, we have that with a lot of our politicians. Yeah. And I, I won't mention the names, but I think you know who a lot of them are that were caught up in, te- in sexting each other. That's just not proper behavior. And especially, you don't do it among your own ranks. Yep. Hey, if you're uh, if you're just joining us, have a question or a comment, uh, what's the numbers they can give us a call to 702-257-5396 and if you're outside the las vegas area toll free 800-414-1056 so incidents of mst are often go unreported simply because they're scared to say anything maybe feeling ashamed or embarrassed uh, whatever the case may be but about one in three service members report their experience of sexual assault to DOD authorities, just one in three. I think talking to some people in the past, they just get to the point where they can't process it. They yeah. they stuff it down, and it's like if they don't think about it, if they just keep stuffing it, then it, hopefully it doesn't come up, but it does. You know, It will resur- you know surface its ugly head for what it is. You know, if and, we, oh, go ahead. And time sometimes goes by for a period of time before they really come to grips with it and have uh, the ability to really go and then report it. If you think about it, one in three report it. In 2018, DOD reported that there were 6,053 reports of uh, an incident that occurred in service, 6,000, and only one See, in three reported. So that's over 18,000 that Probably actually took place. Probably 20 or 30 yeah. in reality. DOD estimated uh, in 2018 there was 20,500 service members that experienced sexual assault. So that's wow. that's huge. I mean, think of 20,000. That's a lot of folks. That's a large small town. Yes. Right? You know, and it's not just, uh, as you mentioned earlier, it's not just, Females. It's females and males. And of the uh, folks that uh, reported that during 2018, uh, active duty women, uh, 38% of them reported sexual assault. 17% of men reported it. That's just huge. So Uh, if we add those two numbers together, 38 and 17, we get about 55% of the people in the military had some sort of sexual trauma. I think you'd have to average those. Okay. Yeah. So, but still, twenty some percent would be huge. Think about yeah. that. One in four in the military had sexual assault. That's that's huge. And so, for us today, dealing with those to help them, and we'll talk about the claims process a little later. But when we're dealing with that, 
we're the ones that have to help show the evidence so that we can get the claims through. And then it gets compounded when you throw all these people into combat together and they have to support each other. That's where it gets really sure. dicey. You got to be able to trust your 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 battle buddy. You got to be able to trust that. So, uh, as I stated earlier, the National Veteran Legal Support Program is the one that provided all this information. I want to give them kudos for that because it is a tough subject. I will tell you that in 2019 annual report, DOD report on sexual assault in the military, sexual assault occurred most often between junior enlisted acquaintances. So it wasn't between officer and junior enlisted. It was junior enlisted who knew each other, and they were peers to peers, near peer in rank. And so pretty amazing. And, and the other scary part is the vast majority of these were between ages 17 and 24. Yes. Wow. So it's the younger younger portion of the uh, military, and they're the ones that tend to work and train and live together in the in the. Uh, military community. So I will tell you that women veterans uh, indicated that their offenders were mostly often military men who they considered to be a friend or an acquaintance. They, uh, normally the perpetrator acted alone. The alleged offender's rank was most often the same as the, as the uh, victim or one rank higher. So Right there. I mean, E45, E3 to E4 kind of thing. It's yes. still kind of interesting because we just went through this in the Air Force, and I believe the other service did, services also did basic training, whereas the training instructors, whether it was a military training instructor or TI or DI, whatever you want to call them, that they were sexually harassing or causing sexual trauma to some of the trainees. And there, it was a big scandal in the Air Force, and I'm, I'm sure the Army went through this, the Marines, Navy. I'm sure all the services have gone through this. It just hasn't come out in the open. Well, I can tell you the most that I got when I was doing claims for, uh, for veterans, and I'd do MST ones, was usually a young female who was in basic training, and that drill sergeant or DI had the the authority over them, and, and so it could have been an E4 in basic or E3, and then the E5 was the uh, NCO who was supposed to be mentoring and, and instead would uh, end up sexual harassing uh, uh, the, the troop. So for men, the report indicated that they experienced fewer assaults than women, but then they endorsed many of the same offense experiences, so the same type of experiences as women uh, with a different combination of offenders regarding sex, so male, female, uh, or male on the male, male on uh, female on male. That was amazing. And then just over uh, half of the men reported that their offender was male. Thirty percent in- indicated it was female, and then thirteen percent indicated it was both. And so, isn't that it? Just it's amazing. <laughs> you, you think nowadays that. This just wouldn't occur anymore with all the knowledge and and all the training and all of the instructions of don't 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 and there, it still goes on. Well, people gonna, will be people. Well, I'm going to throw something out here. If you take, as you said, the the age range, 17 to 24, if you look at that, that's most likely people that have joined the military and this is like their first time away from home, their first time, so they're experiencing some kind of freedom. At the same time, they're very inexperienced about the world, 
and all these things happen because of them. They're they're they're. I don't want to say they're ignorant, but they're just not educated as to things that can happen to them. Or if you look at it from a parental type of view, you know, you you te- you try to teach your kids, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And you look at that, it's kind of the same thing. They they see the people talking down to them, their training instructors saying, do as I say, not as I do. And then they see some of this other behavior. Because I'm sure in basic training, when I went through at least, if something like that happened, the word would get around that the training instructor is doing this, but yet we're supposed to be all all good and proper while they can get away with murder. That's not the case. And and you take young kids that are impressionable, as I was too at age 17, what do you end up with? You end up with a lot of problems. And I, I think we need to to do something that, like at the very start of basic training, as soon as we get these people, that should probably be one of the priorities right there from day one. I know the priority is to get people in uniforms and, and get them uniform and all together and marching the same way and that, but... There needs to be that other step in there. And I will say that they do teach sexual harassment now in basic training. And so that word is there. But I don't know if you remember that. I was scared as heck when I was in basic training. Drill sergeant said, do something, you did something. And and I'm not saying drill sergeants are bad at all. I mean, you know, you've got to have stern drill sergeants to to make the military happen. But, yeah, absolutely. uh, Let's go back to your day, Fred, when you came in, Vietnam time. And, I mean, that's you came in, I'm presuming, 17, 18 years old. 18. Yep. 18. And you were listening to what the instru- the military training instructor was saying because your thoughts were, I'm going to Vietnam. And so you throw that in today's kids, too. They think they're going to Afghanistan yep. or they're going to fight uh, Inherent Resolve yeah. or Enduring Freedom or whatever the operation is. And you throw that in there. It's another factor that's in all of this. You know, I was just listening to a show yesterday, and they were talking to three students in high school. And I hadn't even thought about it. They were 17 and 18 years old. And our country's been at war as long as they've been alive. Mm -hmm. So that's that's all they've known. So they know if they go in the military, there's a good chance they could end up someplace on a battlefield. So... uh, Little scared. I'd I'd be a little nervous about going into the military at this oh. point. But uh, one of the the things that I've heard, and and I won't say where I heard this from, but is that when I asked this person about joining the military, said no, my mommy doesn't want me to join because I I'm going to get raped. That's, That's kind of the mindset there because of all the publicity this has gotten, and so we need to break down that stigma of we need to get this out in the open and know that this is not happening anymore. And I think we've taken some good steps in that direction, but you can only punish so many people and you have to straighten out that military force. I don't think we have a good balance on that yet, but I think we're pointing it in the right direction. But still, there's there's still certain people out there that have, I'm going to call it the good old boy network, whereas uh, we've got problem with these two people, you know, signs of sexual harassment or sexual assault, we'll just separate them and send this one here and send this one on the other side of the country, and that'll be it. But I think that's a lot of that's backfiring now. So I, I mentioned earlier that DOD said there was, I think it was 38% of women and 17% of men. Now the VA is supposed to uh, 
ask every veteran that's seen for health care if they've ever experienced military sexual trauma. And the national data does not reflect what DOD does. So one in about four, so about 25% of the women uh, say they've experienced MST. Uh, one in 100 men. So there's that stigma there that they don't yeah. want to talk about it. And then those that were, uh, they ask, do you, do you want to be screened? Do you want more information on it? And sadly, most of them say, or a lot of them say, no. Uh, yeah. They don't want more information. So it's it's still a hurdle that we got to go through. But I think as long as we're talking about it, that's that's a good direction. Yes. As long as we're making sure that they know, hey, come to the VA uh, after service. And if this happened to you, uh, they're going to help you. Of course, if it has happened to you and you've either not reported or even if you have reported it, you still have these feelings in that that can lead to depression and uh, maybe even to suicide. But a lot of times it leads to an attitude, and that attitude can include bad behavior, going out and drinking more, going out and engaging in activities you wouldn't normally engage in. And that gets people kicked out of the military. And I bring that up because the one positive thing that I think the V has done, and, and, and I applaud them for it, is that if you get kicked out of the military with a, we call a big chicken dinner or bad conduct discharge, BCD, or even a dishonorable, and it's attributed to military sexual trauma or PTSD, the VA will treat you for those conditions regardless of the discharge you have. And I, I really do applaud them for that. That's a, a step in the right direction. And I, and, and that kind of leads me into the VA claims process but before we get there with that type of discharge don't again I, I always say this every time i'm on but don't try to do it alone use a veteran service officer so there's veteran service officers here at the vtrc a telephone number they can call for the vtrc for that 702-954-6300 press option three for an advocate if you get voicemail leave a message he'll call you back set up an appointment come in and chat with one of them even if you are have gotten a rating decision letter that you're not happy with, call, make an appointment. And like I said, they'll walk you down three doors down and let you talk to an attorney that can say, you know, hey, snowball's chance in hell or we got a really strong case. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And I and I appreciate that because we've got a very good partnership here with VTRC and their VSOs here work with ours out there and the supervisor uh, uh, works with the uh, veteran service officers here. But the other number you can call for our office here in Las Vegas is 702-224-6025. And now we also have a full-time veteran service officer in Prump, and that's 775-751-6352. And we'll try to get those out again a little later. But let's talk about claims. Uh, okay. How, how, what are we doing? And so if you remember when I talked last month, we talked about hearing loss and tinnitus, right? And I Correct. said there's three things you need to get a claim through with the VA. You have to have an in-service event or injury or disease. You have to have a, the same current disability now. And you have to have a nexus showing the two are tied together. That same scenario plays out any claim you're going to do. And so you can do that simply by 
showing that you had an incident in service. And like we said, that's not always reported. So we're going to get into that a little bit today as far as, okay, how do you prove it if you didn't bring it up? And so we'll talk about some markers and, and that kind of thing. In case of MST, military sexual trauma, I think the most common diagnosed disability is probably PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And the elements for that is a current diagnosis of PTSD, credible supporting evidence that a in-service stressor occurred. It also takes a link or that nexus again. So you got to have those three things. A veteran cannot file a claim for service connection of MST. Why? Because we said earlier, that's the event. That's not the disability it's not the, cause. It's not the yeah. condition. Yeah. So, and I mentioned a mental diagnosis before, and, and like I said, that's usually post-traumatic. And I'm just going to throw this in here because yeah. we say the same thing about Agent Orange. Agent Orange is not. Yeah. I And, and I always tell a story. Just, I used to have guys come in my office. I've got say, Agent Orange. Yeah, I want to file a claim for Agent Orange, and no, I'd say, how many barrels do you want? Yeah. <laughs> because that's not Remember, a disability. that's exposure but, to herbicide poisoning. Yeah. And yeah. that's the correct thing. Agent yeah. Orange is the vehicle, just like you know, a sexual uh, traumatic event is the vehicle, and the claim would be the resulting post-trauma stress dealing with that. Yeah. So with this, you're talking post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, panic disorder, general anxiety disorder. It can be called, called a multitude of things, but it's going to have to be a competent mental, mental health doctor uh, or a medical doctor that provides the diagnosis for the claim that you want to put in. So you got to have that. In the case of MST, PTSD has to have that evidence. you got to have some kind of evidence. However, criteria for the other ones, so that general anxiety disorder, depression, all those, that's, that's a little different. PTSD has to have a specific event. These don't. So we can get those claims through. Uh, it's not always PTSD. Well, let's not say getting the claims through. You can submit the claim, yes. and then the VA will determine its validity because they will actually call that person in. It'll be like a, a CNP, a, com- a compensation and pension exam, just for those conditions, either be it PTSD or MST. They will call the person in and do the evaluation, and they will determine yep. if it's if it's valid or invalid. Right. But with PTSD, you have to show an event. For the other ones, there's plausibility. Is it likely it happened? And so there's there's some things that go along with that. So we mentioned before, they, these things don't get reported. So it's not reasonable to expect that that event's going to be shown in service. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't report it to the cops. I didn't... I was scared. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't go to the chaplain. I... You know, I might have called somebody else, my mother or whatever, and we'll we'll talk about that in just a second. So you, there's other evidence that a veteran service officer should help you get. What factors in the military are you looking at that can show something may have happened? Give the VA that plausibility. The problem of not documenting the stressors is up in personal assault cases. Uh, VA has provided for special evidentiary evidence procedures in those cases. In other words, under those regulations, evidence from sources other than the veteran's service records can be used to corroborate the claimed event happened. And so we're talking about a look at markers. What markers indicates that an event happened? Uh, They can be behavioral events. You were talking about that a minute ago. Does all of a sudden their attitude change? 
they were getting perfect uh, evaluations from their NCO, and all of a sudden now they're getting evaluated we, you poorly. You take somebody yeah. that has filled the square, done their time, got out, and you can look at their what am I thinking? Their work record afterwards. If they can't hold a job, and they only hold a job for one or two months, and they keep on changing jobs, obviously, I think that would be a market that would be looked into. Yes, you'd you'd have to look uh, yeah, at other abusing events. drugs or alcohol yeah. when they got out and they ne- never had a problem yeah. before. And might, okay. may have been while they were still in, but I think okay. we have a call. Yes, we do have a call. Good afternoon. You're on the air. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I'd like to know if I was to put a claim in, right? Is a veteran allowed to have a polygraph test three times to try to prove a point would happen? That's an interesting question. I'm going to defer that to you, Fred. <laughs> um, you know, you could do that, but it's it's better if you can prove it. I, I don't know if they'd look at polygraphs because polygraphs are inconclusive, but I would say that the veteran service officer would sit down with the individual and say, let's take a look at all of the records. Let's take a look at your service medical records. Let's look at your your service uh, personnel records. Did you call anybody? Did you call a relative? Did you tell a buddy? Did you anywhere along the line? Or did your, uh, as we were just mentioning, if your behavior changed and your evaluation started uh, going down, maybe you went into the doctor uh, in the military, and it doesn't say anything about trauma, but it does mention that you asked for an STD test. Uh, there's well, a lot is, of factors. Go ahead. This is a question I want to ask, okay? I had a stepbrother, was in the Marine Corps. I was 10 years old, okay? I had a stepfather who was abusive, okay, between my mother and me. On his leave time, he sexually done something to me. Now, I'm 10 years old. I'm afraid to say anything, okay? Now, I told my mother. She questioned my stepfather. And what I can remember, if I have it right, boys can be boys. Now, can I still put a claim in for that? This is Uh, why I'm asking for a polygraph test for three times. Okay, uh... Unfortunately, you wouldn't be able to put in a claim with the VA because you weren't in the military. You weren't the veteran that this occurred. And I'm sorry it happened, but, uh, yeah, but he, uh, he the VA, in the military. That, yeah, but it didn't happen to him. It happened to you, and you were 10 years yes, old at the time. Him. So that's not that a VA a claim. Civil, that's civil. a civil suit, yes. yes. Uh, you would have to uh, uh, bring that up with the local courts. So I'm, right. I apologize yeah. it happened. I, I, it's always unfortunate. But I do want you to understand that VA is there to help veterans who have uh, suffered from an injury or disease in service. And so it's not for civilians. All right. Now, if it happened then, right, and say it was reported to the police, okay, isn't the re- military responsible for his actions? No, he'd be no, responsible well, he's in the military. For his, uh, no, sir, it would not. Uh, um, unfortunately, he might have been wearing the uniform, but the actions he took outside the military was not that, military conduct. Right. So it, it would be coming unbecoming conduct of military service. Had it been reported, then he might have been kicked out of the military for it. But uh, yeah. that doesn't have to do with your claim. So, uh, mm-hmm. as I've stated before, the VA, you submit claims to the VA if you are the veteran. And something happened to you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it seems funny for something like that, right, as a child, right, growing up, and it's like a police officer, 24 hours a day, you're under the system. You know, I can't understand what you're saying then. Okay. Well, All I, right. Bye-bye. I apologize. Thank you. So, unfortunately, I mean, those things happen, and, and that's a civil case. And, uh, you know, the VA, if we were to do that, if we were to take claims to everything to happen to a dependent or anybody from a service member, VA would be much more busier than they are, and they're already yes. busy. So, yeah, unfortunately that happened to well, them. But unfortunately, I, predators are out there and yeah. in every walk and in every position in life. and Civilian you know, and military. Yeah, and if you run across one and you know it, report them, please. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, the PTSD, you have to have that event shown in service. But for these other depression, panic disorder, those kind of things, you can use these markers. You can yeah, right. you can show, and if you've got a good VSO working with you, they'll be able to look at that and then record all of this kind of a historical record of, hey, this happened, and and and, and it could be, uh, let's say you're uh, an ace at physical fitness tests, and all of a sudden you start dropping down, and now you're flunking part of the PT test. It doesn't have to be outside behavior. It can be just... Your internal strife is getting to you, a number of things like that. And then I mentioned if you go in and, for instance, if a woman comes into the doctor and says, I need a pregnancy test. No, Fred, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, or I should say a month ago now, is the chronic fatigue syndrome. Yes. And the same thing. If, if you're holding this in your head and it's not letting you sleep and causing other problems, you could burn yourself out. And chronic fatigue syndrome sets in, and lo and behold, your behavior is definitely going to change. I've had individuals come in my office before, and and uh, one said, well, I, I called my sister and told her. And I said, well, your sister backed that up? And she said, well, I'm sure she would. And she got a statement from her sister saying, yeah, she called me from from uh, service and said that she'd been raped by this, this guy in her unit. And she was told if she said anything, uh, one, they'd physically hurt her, and two, they'd kick her out of the military. And that was... That was an easy one to get. I mean, sometimes yeah. why I told my buddy, well, is your buddy around? Oh, I don't keep track of them, you know. I mean, I don't know how many of us keep track of friends we yeah. know in the military. Yeah. I've got a couple, and that's yeah. about it. And so, um, yeah, we can use that. Police reports, if those of, uh, you know, maybe they didn't go to their military, but they went to the police and reported it. Now, there's usually a follow-up on that. But like you said, a lot of times, oh, it's just, well, okay, We'll take care of it in the military, and we're sending him over here, her over there, and, and okay, we dealt with it. Well, they didn't deal with it. They yeah. just got rid of the problem. So Yeah, swept it under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> Others will seek help from the chaplain, and so if there's any kind of record of going to the chaplain, that can be used, too, to help uh, support the claim. So all these behavioral issues, I've done a number of claims for personal assault and military sexual trauma, and... A lot of times you can find something in the records that helps you get that claim through. I guess time flies when we're having God, fun. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. We're <laughs> down to the last two minutes. I just got one more announcement I, I need to make. We've got the 34th annual turkey run by the Red Riders coming up Saturday, November 23rd. And it's going to be, uh, let's see, where is it? At Fuddruckers. You're going to meet over on South Grand Canyon Drive. Registration is between 9 and 1030. 
we'll give you more information next week. As I said, we are out of time. We always run into this because we get into these topics and we just kind of keep on going. And there's <laughs> so much more to talk about that we can't cover it all. If you do have a question, though, about military sexual trauma, you can talk to one of our veteran advocates at the VTRC, 702-954-6300. Press 3 to get a hold of an advocate. On that, thanks for taking your time Thank out on you. Saturday. Thank you, again. Fred. We and appreciate you. your input every, every month. Look okay. forward to going to your restaurant. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Have a great week. Semper Fi Marines. Yeah.